Welcome to the She Will Shine podcast, where we bring you the real stories of female business owners. My name is Danielle Price and I'm the founder of She Will Shine, a supportive business network for women. It's time to give a voice to women in business and discover their journey. Hi everyone and welcome to the She Will Shine podcast, another edition in lockdown here in Melbourne. And today I'd love you to meet the lovely Kerry Gravina. How are you, Kerry? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited you're here as well. And of course, Kerry is one of our fabulous She Will Shine members. And she's also a clairvoyant, a psychic and a life coach. We'll talk about all of that later. But she also works in the community development sector, helping people re-engage in education and society. So, Kerry, I've known you for many, many, many years. And you've had a few businesses along that journey. And you've kind of, there's been an underlying love of business throughout that whole journey. So, kind of, where did you get this love of running your own business? Oh, wow. I don't know. I think it's always kind of been there. I was one of those kids that sold stuff to people. So I think I love money. (laughs) I was making um, Fimo jewellery. I don't know if anyone's old enough to know what Fimo is. It's probably back in in fashion now. So it's like a polymer clay. So I was making jewellery and I was 12. I was selling that to local shops to, to make money. We were pretty poor. We grew up pretty poor. So if you wanted something extra, you had to kind of go out and work for it. So, um, and then I got my first part-time job when I was probably 12 or 13 as well. I was in high school. So I was cleaning um, a carburetor workshop. That's a pretty dirty place. <laughs> it was. It was great though. And I learned how to work on cars and stuff like that. So um, I'm just interested in stuff, I guess. Yeah. Like, it's interesting what you said because, you know, the strong work ethic, if you wanted something, you had to work for it. And I'm actually noticing with all these podcast interviews that I'm doing, there's a really um, common underlying thread to each and every one of these amazing women's stories. And is it's a really strong work ethic. Yeah. And that's important. Like that's my, I brought my kids up the same way. As soon as they were old enough, they had to go out and get a job. And I wanted to ask you, Kerry, so you started selling jewellery. Where did that kind of, what was next in your, you know, the cleaning, the workshop, when did the first actual business of your own come into play? Oh, wow. Um, Probably when I was about 18. So um, again, making things, a giftware business. So I was um, making handmade cards and cross stitch and all sorts of crazy handmade things. So I've always made stuff. I was one of those annoying, I think it was an annoying kid and I was sent off to my aunties um, and all the old people. So I'm Italian, right? So I was sent off to all the old aunties and all the, my grandmother, so my nonna pretty much raised me. And um, they taught me to sew and to cook and to make bread and do all the things. So I consequently saw making things as a way to, to get ahead I guess and um so and I'm pretty pretty crafty I have to do that kind of crafty hands-on stuff that's that's my health I sort of ground myself so started a business doing that um it wasn't very smart because it was very labor intensive for the hours I put in and the money I made it really was not a smart way to go um but I still loved it it led you led you to where you are now 
And the love of food obviously started with your family. At She Will Shine, for the readers, for the readers, for the listeners, I should say, that um, don't know Kerry. Kerry is quite famous in our group for her beautiful, she's catered quite a few of our networking events. But one, one thing in particular, Kerry's brownies. I only wish we lived closer because this five kilometre thing, I can't pop over for some of your delicious food. <laughs> I know, right? I, I keep trying to work out how I can get your brownie. So you were making, um, the doing the craft and selling the things that you made. How long do you think you did that for? Uh, I did that on and off for years. And I've got to admit, I'm feeling a, a pull to sort of do some more of that stuff now. And I think that's, that's something that will always be a part. I sold an Etsy store up. Oh, it's got wow. a couple yeah. of things sitting in there. Um, I think it'll always just be a part of what I do as a bit yeah. of a, a creative outlet and to just, um, you know, you can only have so many handmade things in your house. You can only give so many of those handmade <laughs> things away to people. Um, I'm sure your children have got lots of them as well. <laughs> um, a few, a few. They don't always like what I try to come up on them. So. <laughs> So from there, what was next? I did market stalls for years as well, um, selling my handmade goods there and then had a food business. So I suddenly discovered I was really, really good at food, um, like really good. So went and um, started competing in, in shows. It's all the country shows. I got totally obsessed with competing in um, country shows and started winning blue ribbons royal melbourne show won heaps of prizes like i've got a box of ribbons of of things and suddenly realized i was good at it so um opened a cafe had a catering business for a while um supplied to a lot of businesses up here in the hills like a lot of the stores um a lot of the cafes and bed breakfasts and stuff on my hand um you know hand produced goods that was all while the kids were little so I could do it around the kids that morphed into vintage so-and-so and then so that was a we started making props so my ex and I he would produce the timber props for us so we did these beautiful party props that were featured um all over the world in lots of blogs and stuff like that and we sold we sold our props yeah, a lot of things into North America. Um, so I did candy displays and stuff like that. I remember. Um, I, I think that's when I met you when you were doing all those. It would have been too. So that was a really long time ago. And that was super, super fun. It was great. And um, different circumstances, I think that could have been quite a big business. So I did all those ruffle tablecloths and I wrote tutorials for that. And this featured in lots of magazines. Was um in that time frame was on TV. So was on interviewed for channel 10 as a mumpreneur. So, Oh, we business. have to dig that up yeah, somewhere. I've got that somewhere. Um, so that was super fun. I loved that. I would have loved to have done. And we shot a little pilot for possibly a cooking segment, but that sort of around that time, I think channel, the circle kind of went a little belly up and there was a few, few things. So that never ended up um, going, but that would have been really fun just miss my 15 minutes of fame oh that's um, you got it now you got it on got our it podcast 
yeah, and things just kept sort of morphing and I decided to um, go back into food. So opened Abundant Food Co. We're doing meal plans and um, meal delivery service and stuff like that. And I think with that, some of what I was doing is a little ahead of the curve and I found this a lot. And I think a lot of businesses, owners, a lot of us female entrepreneurs were a little bit too intuitive. So we, we pick up on the trends that are coming through and sometimes we're a little bit ahead of the curve. So we stop doing it just before it's going to take off. Abundant Food Co is still hanging out there and I'm doing something with that. It's, it's morphing into a little more holistic. And you also do community development work. How is that? Like I'm kind of following your journey and thinking you, you followed your passions. Yeah. And yeah, so how does the community development work fit into to that picture? I just kind of fell into it and realised I'd been doing this the whole time. So when I was in high school, I was on, I was one of those horrible naughty children. I was, spent more time in the principal's office than in the classroom. I caused more trouble than ever. I was just, oh, like, I actually love who I was. And lots of people think I was just like, teachers thought I was just awful but it's really funny when I run into friends and they remember some of the, the things that I did and I managed to get the whole school to go on strike one day oh my gosh born leader there Kerry leadership skills <laughs> crazy and um yeah it was pretty funny but um I can't even I I kind of remember what it was about it was pretty turbulent times back then this is the early 80s so things were pretty crazy back then um, so yeah, they, they decided the best thing to do with me was to put me into like a student council position with the local council. So lots of the organizations I work with now are dealing with kids that were just like me. So a lot of the kids I work with just like me, the standard school system does not work for everybody. And those kids are the naughty kids. They're rebelling they're actually great kids to work with because they're really, really creative and they've got some stuff sorted out. And, but they've been told the whole way along that they're awful, that they're naughty, they're this, they're that, they're the other thing. They're none of those things. They just march to a different, yeah, different misunderstood. To, yeah, to what everybody is um, the boxer society are trying to put us into. And I think everybody who's in She Will Shine has a little bit of that quirky outside of the boxness about them. Um, you know, they don't, they, everyone can probably tell a story about not quite fitting. Yeah, we all, we all um, I think, what well, actually Anna Pino mentioned in her podcast interview, she beats... It was, she dances to the beat of her own drum. And I think that's a good way of kind of summing up each and every woman in our, um, in our community, but also the children and how you were. Yeah, we've got to embrace, embrace that uniqueness. And even about our own kids, maybe taking a step back and saying, oh, why, why might they be doing that? What's going on? What's not quite fitting? I love that you can bring that experience to your work now. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's great. It's great. Um, I'm not perfect though. Don't, don't get me wrong. I still, um, 
I still get super frustrated sometimes. Don't we all? Actually, a lot of the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, I do love what I do. Um, it's a great sector to work in. It's 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 tough. It's way underfunded. It's full of women um, because us women we will work really hard for really little money. We'll actually work overtime too, and not ask to be paid for it. Yeah. And we need to stop doing that. Overserve. Right? Yep. We really do. And we need to stop doing it in our businesses as well. Um, one thing I love about you, Kerry, just one thing, but there's, gosh, there's so many. But um, so, you know, you're helping women with their confidence through your work as well as a clairvoyant. But I want to know, Kerry, because I find it fascinating. When did it start? Like, when did you realise I have a gift? And how do you kind of work that into your life? Um, I can't tell you when I realized I had a gift cause it's always kind of been there. It's always been part of our family. So my mum's quite intuitive and I suspect that on my dad's side, um, they're, so dad's, dad's the Italian one. Um, they're, they're quite intuitive too. So we have culturally, we have a lot of connections to, some of the saints and stuff like that. Our family is from um, a little town where one of the saints, um, I can't remember his name, golly, anyway, came from. And the family, we used to, our family used to bake the bread to take to him. So wow. um, he was there you go, the, the cooks in the family. Isn't that amazing, yeah, Carrie? That's yeah. beautiful that you can go back like that. Um, and I need to research that a bit further because I think there's a lot more to it than um they talk about they're they're quite superstitious my greek friends are the same we talk about there's a lot of similarities with those cultures with the superstitions and the things that that they do and don't talk about and all the rest of it so i need to really um dig a little deeper with that so i started reading cards probably when i was about 14. so is that something you saw your mum do um no i I think I must have picked, I picked a book up. I've got a really big collection of really old books, textbooks and stuff. And I've always been really fascinated with the paranormal and ghosts and stuff like that. Sorry, Kerry. So were you reading cards for like your friends and stuff? Like were you, like would your girlfriends come over and you'd all do it? Like, yeah. yeah. And we do little things like we'd make, we'd make um, potions and little spells. Oh, little I love spells. it. Yeah. And all of those kinds of Did those of things. work? <laughs> No, they probably did. I don't. I don't do a lot of spell work anymore. Did you kind of keep doing this as you got older? You know, you had a young family. Did you kind of do this? I know um, now. You know, you offer these services to other people, predominantly women, to help them, especially in business as well. Did you do it like? Um, like, is it something that you just kept on going with with your circle of friends, or did you kind of um, like? Did you help other people, or did you kind of just do it for yourself? How did it kind of? progress over the years as you were getting older um I kind of took a really big step back from it for for quite some time um there was some incidences that kind of happened I also got very disillusioned with the whole industry because I'm quite um quite sort of open and I don't want to be um like too secretive the world doesn't need to know all my business but um, you know, if someone wants to know something, I'm kind of happy to tell them. 
but it got very oh you can only do this if you've practiced with this person and if you do it this way and it just got really closed off but yeah I just kind of put everything away for a while and then suddenly I got a very big nudge and that was I can't remember how many years ago that was it's probably four or five years ago was that a feeling when you say a nudge? Did, is it a feeling? Is it kind of a sign? It was signs and feelings. I just got really drawn. I'm like, oh, I've got to find my tarot cards. So I was trying to do a photo shoot for a, a party to, to put some things together. And I had like, so I've got a crystal ball and I've got all these other like bits and pieces. So I was just trying to do some, some things for that. And I discovered the cards. There was a card missing from the deck. And I'm like, I can't use them. They're broken now. And um, I went, oh, I've got to find some tarot cards. So it took me about two years to find a deck I liked. And I walked into a shop, found this deck, got chatting to the lady who, um, who owned the shop. Because she said, oh, if you ever want to read for us. And I said, oh, I might give this a go. And um, two weeks later, they rang me and hired me. They said, come in. We've got clients. So I read for them and then ran their store for a little while, for about two years in amongst all of this as well. Did you hesitate so, to say yes? Or was it straight away? Um, I said yes straight away. At the same moment, my other side of me was going, who do you think you are? Yeah. Who do you think you are doing this? And I kind of went, no, shut up. This is what I'm supposed to do. Bugger you, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And we all do that. We all do that. I, you know, every day I wake up going, who do you think you are doing this? And then I'm like, hang on. Who's the real Kerry? What does she want to do with her life? What do you want to do? And then I step out of that. Yeah. It's interesting, Kerry, because um, like you said, the industry kind of turned you off to a degree for a number of years. And it's interesting with what you've said there, because it's kind of like you have that, you know, that imposter syndrome. And then of course you look to see what other people are doing. And that's the worst thing you can possibly do because you just got to stay true to yourself and in that lane, but across all industries, like we were saying earlier, you've been in business so many years, I've been in business so many years mm. and it doesn't stop at each, even each day or even, you know, there's always something, um, maybe not today, but maybe tomorrow, maybe in a week, maybe in a month, something that triggers that thought process for women, regardless of what stage in business you are, where you kind of got to just sort of say, I'm not listening. I feel the feeling mm. I'm not listening, mm. but I'm going to move forward anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Kerry, I have had you read my cards. You've been the only person who's ever done it for me because I, that this, I trust you completely. So, you know, I, I, but I would, I've been really scared in the past to kind of venture into that kind of, ooh, you know, someone's going to tell me what's going to happen in the future. Oh, I don't know. I'm a bit, I'm a bit scared. Um, do you think because of your, well, one, work ethic, but also you're a very caring and very giving and beautiful person. Do you think it's because of, the, you know, the nature of you to um, your warm personality that women are able to trust you? Because it's a big deal. Like for me, it was a big deal because I'd never done it before. And I would never go to a str- Like the thought of going to a stranger is like, oh, I can't do that. Kerry, I, I, I can trust Kerry. Kerry knows me. And, you know, it's a safe space. So do you think that's really important for what you do? Yeah, I think that trust is really important Um, because, you know, things will come up and, and, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll have people in tears. So it's, it's a, 
a lot like therapy. It can be a lot like therapy and people are scared because, you know, all the movies and Hollywood portrays it as this thing and the bringer of doom and, and you don't generally get that. Unfortunately, life's pretty mundane for most of us. It's pretty, it's pretty boring. Like, especially um, right now in lockdown. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot of, a lot of big events that, that do generally happen. And I'm not saying that there isn't tragedy and stuff like that that comes up in people's lives. I've only ever come across one time where I felt the need to warn somebody about something. Do you find it? Um, I know when I run an event, for, you know, for example, um, I'll run an event. At the end of the event, I'm exhausted. Like I've loved every minute, but I'm just so, oh, just get me on a couch and turn Netflix on and give me a glass of wine. How does it feel? Because it takes so much of your energy like this is real an energy exchange how do you feel afterwards after you've done a reading for somebody oh the complete opposite of drained i am elated because i'm not draining from me this isn't coming from me so i'm connecting into spirit so it's like i've plugged myself in and i'm drawing from somewhere else i'm just the conduit that's all i'm doing i like the translator so i'm translating all these messages that are coming through for you so I am on fire when I finish. Um, I do some events. We used to do some live events called um, wellness and wine nights. And I would do like these little 10 minute slots. So we do, I do 10 people in the whole evening. By the end of it, I could have gone out and danced the night away. Couldn't talk because I was talking for so long. But um, yeah, it's, it's the complete opposite. And I think maybe with life too, and, you know, if your events are draining you, that's physically draining you, but mentally you've probably got so many ideas bouncing around in there. You're just physically tired because you've been physically doing something. I'm not physically doing anything. I'm just sitting here letting all this stuff just flow through me. And um, as it flows through, I get a little bit of energy left behind. And it's, it's, yeah, it's great. I love it. I'd love to do a lot more. So you've got three adult children now, aren't they? I do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And any of your children, because you said you've, you know, you kind of got it from your mum's side of the family, correct? Yeah. yeah you said that before. Yep. Yeah. Have any of your children shown signs of having the same? Yeah. Um, they are all pretty, um, pretty connected in. But we talked about this from from the day they were born. So none of it's been trained out of them. So um, my son has runes. He reads runes. Um, they've all seen spirits in different forms and stuff like that. They're all, um, sometimes it, 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 it kind of freaks them out a little bit. But I think that's watching horror movies and that society that we're taught to be freaked out about this stuff. Um, so, yeah, no one's practising per se. But that doesn't matter as long as they use that intuition and their gut to keep them safe. And I think that's probably key with bringing up my kids was it was always trust that gut. And you can tell mum anything as well. Like it doesn't matter what it is, you can come to me. So that level of trust and then trusting themselves enough that whatever they say is going to be okay. So 
yeah and yeah definitely trusting their gut if you don't feel right about something or wherever it, it sits in your body so different people it sits in different spots in their body and we all know that feeling we dismiss it you know that feeling that you and then yeah. you later you go back and you go oh i should have done I, yeah. I knew that yeah yeah because it sits somewhere in your body and most people it's in your gut okay you just you know or you feel you know that i'm doing it now you know you just feel oh uncomfortable how do you, your skin doesn't fit you properly that's a really good one when that happens you need to just really step back breathe and go what's that telling me what's the message there and something will pop in your head that's the first thing that pops in not what your other brain comes in and says oh no it's this thing um yeah but um just yeah, really trusting trusting who you are and Carrie, I think you know you've got you've got your you know your catering and your your cooking and you've got your community development work and you've got these beautiful psychic abilities. What is it about each? Because you've embraced all three of them, which I love. I love that you haven't been pigeonholed into one. I love that you embraced all three. What is it about each one? Do you think? that is your passion so you know why why are you so passionate about your psychic readings why are you so passionate about your cooking why are you so passionate about your community development work I know that we've kind of touched on it in our discussions already but what do you think is the underlying thing about each of those three that you love so much um you know they all help people they all make people feel better every one of them and they all connect so that's how everything fits in. Like you might look at your life and think, oh, it's all scattered or somebody might have told you it was all scattered and that you're all over the place. Turns out you're not. There is a common thread that connects all of the things that you like to do together and it connects to your life purpose. And that's kind of, that is what I help people do. I help them see where all the things connect because I'm really good at looking down on, on the whole picture and seeing where everything lights up and where all those connections are made and how it makes sense. And most people can't do that um, in their day-to-day. -day they're so busy just getting through the day that they, they need someone else to come along and pinpoint those things. And I need that too sometimes. Yeah. Like, well, this thing, isn't it? As women, we're so busy doing all the things that how often do we really take a minute to step back and kind of look at the overview, like you said, kind of that bird's eye view of what's going on in our lives and, you know, make those decisions that we need to kind of move forward. Yeah. And lots of people too, they, they're like, ah, oh, I don't know what my passion is. You do. You just, you've just buried it. It's this sometimes, or it's this tiny little, you know, spark it's still there. It's just so many other things are coming on top of it that you, you've lost it. But you still, it's still there. You didn't, you didn't throw it away. You, you, we can find it and we can nurture it and we can turn it into as big a flame as you want. And that's probably the other thing with people. Some people think they have to burn really bright. But you don't. Maybe, maybe, maybe you just want to be, you know, a gentle light that just yeah. goes through life that way. That's fine. I think as well it's giving people permission to do things their way. 
like what you're yeah. saying that you know they see other people doing this big bold whatever thing mm. and they're like oh I don't know that doesn't feel right again intuition that doesn't feel right for me mm. and it's giving yourself that permission to go well no it doesn't feel right I'm going to do it this way because I think that that's the way for me that will work for me yeah yeah and it's like everybody is is psychic or has intuition like that's intuition and those things keep us alive they're actually innately part of who we are so but some people are it's like some people can pick up a musical instrument and play it straight away it's just innately in them being psychic is like that some people are just innately attuned to it they, they might be great at math you know someone's great at maths someone's not great you've got to learn it you can still learn it you can still learn the things and the same with with this and the card whatever you choose you want to do if you want to read cards you can still learn how to do that it's just yeah don't don't yeah don't compare yourself i think that's the theme we've got going here don't yeah. compare yourself to somebody else yeah. only you can be you that's right give yourself that permission to be you yeah, yeah. so kerry do you think like is this kind of you know, people say, oh, you've got to pick one thing and, you know, follow it through 100%. And, you know, I know in my career that that has kind of, you know, I've kind of found my place where I am now, she'll shine, and that's what I'm kind of moving forward on. But, again, you know, doing things your way, you've got these three beautiful loves and three beautiful passions that you currently do. Is that how you want to move forward, like, with all those three? Yeah. I, I, I think that they'll, they do meld quite nicely together. Um, some people are multi-passionate and some people aren't again they're just it's just a difference you can't tell someone who is multi-passionate to just pick one thing that is like cutting off a limb or telling them to pick which child they like best you know some days you do like one of your kids better than the others but you know that can that change that can change by the hour then. oh it can <laughs> um so you know um you know and some people are very single-minded single and laser-focused on one thing. And that's great because that works for them. And the idea for them to have half a dozen things on the go at one time sends them into a tailspin. Whereas for me, just picking one is like a death sentence. That stifles my creativity. Um, and I get bored really easily. So... Um, and I don't see that as a curse either. It just means I need to, oh, I'm getting a bit bored. I need to go do this thing now for a while. Yeah. That frees up my headspace to be able to come back to the other thing. Yeah, absolutely. I love yeah. that. I love um, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, again, don't, you've got to, you've got to march to your own drum. So, Kerry, you know, I love, um, for our listeners that may not know, every day Kerry puts a reading out across her Instagram and Facebook pages. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know that so many of us within the She Will Shine community are embracing these daily readings and we really appreciate that. Um, is that, you know, obviously you work one-to-one -one with people, but just doing that, I guess, um, you're helping so many more beyond that capacity. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, look, it's free. And some people just um, haven't got the money in their budget to pay for something or they, they, they might not even see the value in paying for something like this. And that's perfectly fine because we all have different, different values and different 
things that we we're prepared to spend our hard-earned cash on um so that's just a little a little gift and that that fills my cup and it fills my cup when people comment and I'll always comment back and um yeah I just really I like hearing how it affects people and how a lot of the time the messages I get is oh thank you for saying that that I helped that helped me avoid something or that's just what's going on now or um and I'm like it's just nice it does it really it really fills me up and so now you know lovely lockdown and lovely COVID that's hit us so you've Mm. always done these readings virtually as well as in person so that kind of didn't change has it changed with your community development work yeah yeah so I'm I'm at home I can't go and do my job really so I spend an obscene amount of time in zoom meetings and catching up with people on the phone or via email trying to make things happen um it's affected the mental health of so many of the people I work with um and it's just it look it's difficult we're going to have to deal with it when we can finally get out there and do what we do um you know thankfully the government is throwing they are throwing bucket loads of money at this that's all good and well it's just we need to be able to get out there and do it, but we need to be able to do it in a safe way, you know, and we've pivoted. We've made our businesses work and we're, we're sad because we can't get brownie to people who really need brownie and that's okay. We're going to find a way to get through this. And when we get those brownies, God, we're going to love them, Kerry. We're going to love them. Happy note, Kerry. I'm going to walk away now, make a cup of tea, wishing I had one of those brownies with it. But um, thank you so much for your time today, um, taking time out of your <clears throat> work to, uh, <laughs> to sit with us and share your story. Um, I, like I said, I've known you obviously for a number of years, but it's been really interesting seeing how the three passions of yours have kind of all now come out and a front and centre, and I really love that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm having fun playing, and maybe that's the key. Just play with it, with whatever it is you want to do. Give it a go and play with it, and, um, yeah, throw it out there and see what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Action. Take action. Yeah. And enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Enjoy every step. And surround yourself with amazing women. This is what we do. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Beautiful. Thank you so Thank much, you. Kerry. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. I really hope you've enjoyed Kerry's story. I know I certainly did. We will see you next time on the She Will Shine podcast. See you later. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode of the She Will Shine podcast, we invite you to check out shewillshine.com.au. She Will Shine is the essential support network you need to grow a thriving, meaningful business. We can help you grow your network, connect and develop genuine relationships, be supported and support others in building and growing a successful business on your terms. Say goodbye to working alone and become a member at shewillshine.com.au.